Hey, Islanders, that's Brandon. This is a really quick announcement before we get into the podcast. Uh, this podcast was actually recorded uh, before the shelter in place was actually um, announced. So you'll hear that we're talking together and, and that we're out and about, but that was actually recorded far before this any of this came into place. So anyways, just wanted to put that out there for you guys. Without further ado, here we go. Hey, Islanders, and welcome to episode 38 of the Kamena Voice. On this episode, I speak to the Director of Marketing for Canopy Tours Northwest. Please welcome Mona Campbell. Hi, I'm Brandon Erickson, and you're listening to the Kamena Voice Podcast, where I interview folks around Kamena Island and beyond. If you want to stay up to date on events, businesses, and even hear a little history of this area, Subscribe to this podcast and share with your friends. Thanks for listening. Hey, Islanders, and welcome to another episode of the Camino Voice, where we release a new episode every Tuesday. On this episode, I get to speak to Mona Campbell, who is the Director of Marketing at Canopy Tours Northwest. Um, she's also a for, uh, part of the fourth generation owners of Christopherson Farms right here on the Camino Island. So we got to talk and I got to hear about um, some of her, like what her educational background was, what her career path kind of was, and then how she finally ended up uh, back here at Christopherson Farm. And we get to hear um, a little bit about how Canopy Tours Northwest, the idea for the Zipline Tours began, um, as well as all the other cool events that they have going on and different programs that they've started up like Terra Teams. Um, and then the dinners at the, at the barn. So anyways, had a really great conversation with her. So, um, without further ado, please enjoy my conversation with Mona Campbell. Hey Islanders and welcome to another episode of the Camino Voice. On this episode, I have the director of marketing for Canopy Tours Northwest. Welcome to the podcast, Mona Campbell. Thanks, Brandon. Glad to be here. Yeah. So before we get started with everything, tell us a little bit about Mona. Well, um, as you mentioned, I am at Canopy Tours Northwest, and I live and work over on Christofferson Farm on the island, and um, it's such a great place, as you know, Kameno, and uh, I've been coming here since I was a little kid when I lived in Seattle primarily, but now I'm on the island almost full-time, so it's really great. Okay, very cool. So I actually wanted to kind of start there. What, what are kind of your earliest memories of Kameno? And what year do you think that was? Oh, my goodness. Well, <laughs> you know, since the farm's been in our family for so many years, uh, I grew up coming here on weekends when my grandparents were the primary managers of the farm. And um, so, you know, it's just such a family place. And my earliest memories are really about, you know, tromping through the woods with my siblings, you know, after dinner and um, just exploring the farm as a kid. And it was very private at that point because we didn't really have a, a business that operated to the public. Right. And so, um, it really, my memories are all about family gathering. Yeah. So then, um, was it at that point, so where the whole field is and everything, was that still all a field or was that more, was there more trees there and stuff? Well, you know, it's interesting that, you know, as our generation has come to manage the farm, we we really talk a lot about what is our long-term plan and, you know, what have we done in the past. And and we really, the historic uses are, are still going on today. So really, since I've been living, all the pasture land or open fields that you see um, have been that way for years and years and years. And uh, same with the forest. And it's like a working forest. We, we harvest periodically and have a 
forest stewardship plan. And um, that has been in forest the whole time um, that I've been living. But um, I think when my great grandfather first got the place, um, there was some additional logging that took place and clearing at that time. But that was, you know, over 100 years ago. Yeah. <laughs> Very cool. Yeah. And then um, on my interview with uh, Chris, he was telling me like that initially that land plot of land was like encompassing like the plaza and Camelot and like it was a massive amount of land. Yeah. Yeah. It's really hard to imagine now with all the people living in those places. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, it, you know, my siblings talk about riding on the back of a pickup with my grandfather driving and them like all this grass seed falling off the back of it and pheasants following them down to these orchards that were right by Triangle Cove. And it's, it's hard to hard to imagine now. Yeah, no, that's that's very cool. Um, <clears throat> so when did you start? Um, so as a kid, you would come up here and visits. But when did you start coming up here more regularly? Well, you know, for a lot of years, um, our parents managed the farm, and uh, our our dad died um, pretty young. He was in his fifties, and oh, so wow. our mom was our the primary manager and caretaker of the farm, and she really did a great job. And she rented it out to um, various enterprises, and most recently the alpacas. A lot of people yeah. remember them there. Um, and then, as we, um, you know, were finally adults, um, she really wanted more of our advice about what to do and take a little of the load off her shoulders. So I'd say it was about, you know, between. 15 and 20 years ago now that we sort of made the small steps into bigger and bigger steps into managing the farm. Got it. Okay. Um, so what was your, what was your educational background then? Well, (laughs) our parents were great at just, you know, encouraging us to follow our passions, whatever they might be. And, um, you know, I have a liberal arts degree in economics and, uh, you know, which, is not exactly uh, agricultural uh, experience for sure. Um, but, you know, I, at the time I was interested in living away from home and I lived in New York and uh, that was a great degree to have to work in finance in New York and I did that for a bit. And then I really um, appreciated the Northwest the more I lived away from it and really, yeah. you know, just all the <laughs> trees and natural beauty. And so I... Um, decided to go back to school after sort of studying landscape design um, a little bit on my off time from working in finance. And then I decided I'm going to go back full time. I'm going to go back and get my master's in landscape architecture, which I did. Okay. And um, one of the things I loved about it was, you know, all of the components that you have at your disposal for landscape architecture, you know, the natural and and the man-made both. Um and it's very project oriented, which appealed to me and always has for my whole career, you know, even yeah. when I was working um, in other capacities. So um, so that's what I did. And um, it has prepared me kind of well for what I'm doing now because uh, you learn a lot about plants and um, sort of the technology behind drainage and lots of different aspects of, you know, the environment. And mm-hmm. that's certainly useful. Um, on a farm. Yeah. <clears throat> so when you were in New York, were you actually living like in New York City? Yeah, or? in Manhattan. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's a little different than island life. Yeah. <laughs> what What type of finance were you in? Well, I actually worked on the support side where I, um, it was um, 
information and software for um, investment managers, basically. Okay. And so um, at the time, uh, in the 80s especially, you know, there's, you know, just, it was crazy. Yeah. Crazy time. But it um, it was really fun to work with uh, just a huge diverse group of people and um so i so that's that's what i did there was was primarily first work as uh, a consultant um that helped people understand financial information and then i went to the customer side investment management side and helped them bring that information in got it okay is that something that um like since you were in that field for a while, does is that something that like you still look at and like it's still an interest, or do you kind of you left it and you're like I'm done with it? <laughs> um, it's mildly interesting. Um, part of what I loved about it when I was uh, just out of school and I really worked in that capacity for like six years, I guess. Um, I it, it was so much learning and I love that about it. Yeah. As learning new things all the time and once I kind of got to this plateau, I it <clears throat> it wasn't as interesting to me. And now I like being a little bit more removed and um certainly watching the market the last <laughs> days is like I'm glad I'm not in there. Yeah. Uh in that world right now, but um I uh, my husband I met my husband in that uh when we worked uh, worked in that same industry, and okay. so I, I still um, get a lot of uh, exposure to, to the financial world through him. Got it. Okay. So does he still work in that world then? Yes. Okay. Very cool. Um, and then you, I was looking in my research. You actually, when you went for your master's, right? That's where you went mm-hmm. to Harvard. Yes. Okay. Yeah. How was that? Oh, it was amazing. Uh, you know, it's such a. First of all, Harvard University is such a beautiful place mm-hmm. to be, yeah. and um, and Cambridge, Massachusetts is is just really lively, and there's so much going on. It was really a great experience. It was very intense, though. the The Graduate School of Design is like architecture, landscape architecture, and urban planning, and the building is open 24 hours a day. People are working 24 hours a day, and you. And wow. it's, it's that kind of, it's very, very intense. And, and, uh, so after three years I, I needed a good rest. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. That, that sounds, I mean, it's just one of those, like you hear about different places, mm-hmm. but it's very, um, obviously it's very select. And so like most, you don't hear, know a lot of people that actually end up going there and, and stuff. So, well, one of the things that I found really enjoyable about, uh, going there was the people that you meet because they're from all over the world. You yeah. Know? It, it really brings people from all over and all the different experiences that they have and the, and the access to the professionals that come to teach. It's yeah. just mind boggling. <clears throat> yeah. Well, and, and from a small scale level, like that was something I really appreciated going to, like I went to a Pullman uh, wazoo and, um, Go Cougars. Yeah. <laughs> and one of the things I really appreciated there is just, yeah, the diversity of people that you meet. Um, so many people from different walks of life. And yet at that time period in your life, everyone is trying to figure themselves out. And so everyone is open to so much. So there's actual conversations of people on different sides of topics. And like, 
it doesn't get so polarized as it does in the, you know, when you get back into the real world, it seems. Yes. Uh, and so. that's one of the things that's being, that's great about being in an academic sort of community is yeah. that there is that open dialogue. Yeah. No, I think that's very important. Um, uh, very cool. So then you were in the uh, ep- economics and stuff like that. Um, when did you guys decide to move back here? Or what, what kind of happened after your six years within the in New York? Well, you know, um, my husband and I both were doing different career things, and um, he had an opportunity to work in London. And I was right at that point. I applied, and I was going to go to graduate school and accepted and all set to go. And then he had this opportunity, and we thought, when are we going to have <laughs> the opportunity to go live somewhere you know, yeah, and have it work out. So we said, oh, let's do that. And I'll just delay my schooling for yep. a couple of years. And so that was amazing, just living in London and being able to, uh, we were right outside of London, actually, but we were able to travel a bit, you know, while we lived there for a couple of years. And then um, after that, we we went back to the Massachusetts area to make good on my <laughs> my schooling. And um, we were there just for three plus years and then came back to the Northwest. I mean, I really, when I went away to college when I was 18, I said, oh, I'm going to go away to college and then I'm coming right back. Yep. (laughs) And, you know, it took me quite a few more years, but um, I always envisioned coming back to the Northwest. And uh, I was lucky enough to meet someone who was from the Boston area, but loved the Northwest too. Yeah. um, we were able to move uh, back out here and have been here for quite a few years now. Very cool. So, tell me about the time your time in London. Then, what were what was going on, and what were you doing during that time? Well, I did a small project in finance for the company I worked for in London for a month or so, and then I went to a school over there, a landscape school, while I was there. Um, that was really interesting. It was, you know, there were very few. Um, international people there it was mostly people from England yeah um but it was it was a great experience and just added to to my experience of of living there too very cool do you guys still have friends and stuff over there um we do have a few it's hard to stay in touch with uh people that are quite that far away yeah it, it is hard it's a lot of work to keep that up yeah um very cool uh, my wife got to go to London this last fall, and she just she's always dreamed of going and visiting England. And it worked out that one of her best friends was going to King's College over there, finishing up a master's oh, program. Oh, great! And um, so the end of her after her finals were done, she still had like a month left over there. Um, so my wife went over there for uh, like two and a half weeks, and they got to like they'd always dreamed of being able to do that. But then like when in their life. You know, we've got four kids. When in their life are they going to be able to actually go over there together, hang out, and go do that? And so it kind of lined up, and we're like, well, we should make it happen because this is the only time this, you know, this opportunity is going to show up. So, um, and she's just, um, she wants to go back and live there now. So (laughs) (laughs) I may lose my wife over there for a few years. (laughs) Um, Very cool. So then um, upon moving back to the Northwest, did you kind of immediately jump back into the Christopherson farm or were you doing other work? Um, you know, I, I really did sort of jump into the farm and family. Okay. Um, our mom was getting older and mm-hmm. older at that point, And it was really nice to be here and be able to, um, 
support her and get more involved in the farm while I had, you know, this sort of break in my experience to just move here. And uh, I I just love the ability to, to spend time, uh, you know, on the farm and supporting the farm. <clears throat> and, and it really was strangely uh, unplanned the way that, you know, I finished school and we moved back and, but it just has worked out so great. Yeah. So then when you moved back, uh, what year was that? Uh, 1996. Okay. So then were you, um, cause all of your siblings are now on the board of the farm, right? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Um, so when you were moving back and jumping in with that, were you kind of the first of the siblings to jump back in or were there other ones kind of, we all together sort of, you know, started doing more at the farm. Uh, you know, Chris and I had, uh, more flexible schedules. So mm-hmm. we started coming up like weekly, every week we'd come up for a day and sort of say, okay, what needs to happen? What do we want to do? And then, you know, that was well before, um, you know, our tenants left. Yeah. And uh, so that was sort of the slow <clears throat> migration to us really managing full time. Okay. Um, so then, and I, when I was talking with Chris, I got to hear a little bit of the history of the Christofferson family and mm-hmm. um, like kind of the whole, yeah, just the, starting in Seattle and moving up. But um, the, so you guys, you moved, started working when the Alpaca people were still there. Then, um, were you part of the group that was on the trip to, with the canopy tour stuff? Oh, yes, uh, definitely. <laughs> so my husband and I ziplined in Canada Okay. as part of a work, um, sort of, uh, conference or something like that, where you get to do different activities in the afternoon for fun. And they had ziplining at Whistler and, um, we were like, oh yeah, let's try it. You know, and that was gosh, in 2007 or somewhere in there. Yeah. And, um, and we had a great time. And then my sisters and I kind of have a routine trip that we take together. And I said, you guys, we should zip line when we're, you know, on our trip. And they all loved it. And then, you know, when we were starting to really consider businesses for the farm, um, we started by talking amongst ourselves, well, what are, you know, what's our mission there and, uh, what are our goals? And we threw that all out there and then we're like, well, okay, what businesses could fit, you know, this. And we were thinking, you know, maybe, a uh, conference center type thing, meeting center, you know, all these different ideas were floating around. And then Chris was the one that said, well, what about a zipline tour? And we're like, oh my gosh, that sounds so scary. You know, this is our, our precious property and it sounds risky. And, um, but then we, but it fit all of our, you know, our mission there very well because, um, we're very concerned about kind of maintaining the historical, uh, uses there and we want our family use to continue. And we also care a lot about the environment and conservation. So we want it, anything we do to be ecologically, you know, positive. So zip lining fit that really well in terms of being very low impact. And it allowed us to really share this beautiful place with, with more people. Yeah. Um, 
And so we then at that point said, well, we need some expert advice on this. And so we started to um, research and we had some consultants come and talk to us about the possibilities in our property and would it fit and and we discovered that yes, you can insure a zipline tour. And, okay, uh, <laughs> You're like that's first step. <laughs> yeah, right. And uh, so uh, it just has been a great experience since then. And and you know, it certainly was a challenge early on because um, you know we had to get permitting, of course, for it. And the county had never seen anything like it. <laughs> and it was a time when the county had really contracted their staff, also. So we that was a long process to try mm -hmm. and get it took us a couple years to get wow. that you know in line and then once we did we're like okay let's hurry up and get this thing built and yeah it was really uh it's it's been over let's see this is our ninth year so oh very cool congratulations thank you all right um so i want to actually go back a little bit so you said you guys uh started kind of putting together like um your missions and goals for the farm mm -hmm. What was that process like for you guys? Like when you first all came to the table, were there um, were there differences of opinions? Like people thinking that it should be one way or the other. You know, not so much. I mean, we um, have the good fortune of all you know being siblings that all grew up together, and uh, <clears throat> we get along quite well. And, yeah. Um, and I think that you know, especially the large large strategies, sort of long-term view, we, we share so much, yeah. you know, so that it, it was a pretty easy process. I mean, we certainly, you know, as the business has grown, it's been more of a challenge, just sort of like, okay, what's family, what's business and how do you, right. you know, navigate that? You probably yeah. have some, <laughs> some experience in this. And so we, um, we try to keep them separate as much as we can, you know, so we have our, our board meetings and, you know, we don't mix that with a family gathering or something right. like that. So, um, we've learned how to, how to manage that. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. That's definitely something, um, as I've done, uh, you know, been working in a family business as well as like researching and things like that. A lot of things is really just making that separation and even, um, being a business owner and, um, being married, like, making that distinction like every conversation like if you're on a date or if you're doing things like not to always bring up that dis you know discussion of work or um like kind of schedule those or plan those out a little bit so it's not just this it ends up overtaking everything yes yeah um, so because it, it, on one hand it's really exciting there's a lot of new things and you're mm -hmm. like oh this happened and this was exciting right. <laughs> but it, it does get you know, you start going over and you've got to make sure that you have family time too. So yes. Yeah. That's so true. Um, so then what, what was kind of the, uh, what were some of the missions and goals that you guys came out of that with? Well, we came out actually with, I think a pretty mm -hmm. good mission statement in terms of being, uh, succinct about what we really want for the place. And that is Christofferson farm celebrates family honors heritage and respects the land. Yeah. And those three, those three components are really what we're all about is, you know, family history and uh, sort of making the environment better than when we found it. Yeah, that's very cool. And I think it's <clears throat> um, I just remember because uh, when it was all getting you guys were in that process of like launching and everything mm -hmm. like I was in college and um, but I remember coming back and hearing about like, oh, yeah, they, you know, Camino now has a. A zip line tour and I was like 
Kamino as a what? <laughs> <laughs> um, and I just think it's been really neat to be able to see that year after year, guys, have seemed to be growing and um, more and more people are hearing about it and um, that people come from all over to like come and do it. And uh, I just think it's really cool that you guys have grown that so successfully. Well, um, it certainly has been rewarding for us. Yeah. So another thing is, um, and this is just from, it seems like it, once companies really find their center and their mission of what they want to do, um, they can build from that, whether that's building out their team or their business plan and everything. Um, but something that from the from your guys' social media account and everything, it seems like the team and also the way, even the way the website lays it out and everything, you guys are very focused on building um, not just a great customer experience, but building a great team around that. Um, how did you guys kind of come about that idea? Well, you know, we really discovered early on that um, our our team and our staff really are the experience. I mean, we have this place is beautiful. The Christopherson Farm is definitely a beautiful place, but what really makes the experience is the people that you interact with. Yeah. And so, you know, time after time, the reviews uh, that we get on TripAdvisor or Facebook or whatever. Um, people are talking about their guides, you know, yeah. because that's a huge part of their experience. And um, so that, you know, is our core mission is to deliver a wonderful experience so that it's all part and parcel to the business, really, to right. have a, a fun team culture. Yeah. And is that like, did you have background in that? Did Chris, did you have people that... No, no. no? <laughs> well, you know, we... Um, it's interesting because our family has kind of a uh, wide variety of experience uh, to bear. And, you know, when we started out, we just all did everything. Yeah. And um, we all became trained as guides. So we we guided in the very beginning ourselves. And I think that you sort of, when you can really put yourself in the shoes of the uh, staff that you're hiring, it helps yeah. helps you understand and, you know, be empathetic and, and build a, a more cohesive team. Yeah. No, that's definitely been something uh, coming into uh, with the marketplace. You know, it's been something I've slowly been learning each department, you know, certain departments like ice cream. I really was the one who worked out a lot of the systems to get that one up and running. Uh -huh. But like barista, gift shop and, and still bakery I haven't touched yet. Um, <laughs> maybe never will. But um, but, you know, some of these departments like getting getting in there starting to work in it you know working in the shifts and stuff like that getting to work with the team and everything it really does help um one build that camaraderie but two give myself a better understanding of like okay so these are the problems that we're seeing or having um because i'm in there working and doing them so yeah, yeah no i definitely um but yeah i just wanted to like that's it's always very apparent from the social media and stuff like the team that you guys have there just love what they do. And, um, well, it's a pretty great yeah. job to be outside and be with people that just are game to have a fun adventure. And so it's, uh, we really, you know, have had the good fortune of having wonderful staff and, uh, we have some that come back every year and, you know, we're always hiring new people are actually hiring right now. So if you know anybody that's interested in, guiding just let us know very cool um <clears throat> all right and then you guys have other events that you guys put on throughout the year i know i talked to chris a little bit about it but um when did all of the did the other ones like the dinner at the barn and some of the other events um 
how have those kind of slowly evolved over time? Well, you know, in our our mission for the farm, you know, the canopy tour fit well, as as I mentioned, but we have sort of been maintaining our agricultural side or our farm side um, sort of just as sort of a steady state and haven't been yeah. viewing it as much as a business that we're growing. And so the, you know, our barn is pretty special. It's on the historic register and it's got some just beautiful spaces and we thought that we should consider um, more event type uh, activities yeah. that s- using that space. And so we thought the dinners, uh, dinner in the barn would be a fun, fun way to get people together. And it's been very successful and fun to, you know, embrace the community. We have, uh, you know, it's uh, feature winemakers and local farms, uh, contribute their where their food and um, Donna from Cama Beach Cafe has done a great job of preparing beautiful menus. Yeah. And so um, so that was sort of the beginning of doing some more event farm event based uh, activities and you know we grow lavender and so we have a few things surrounding that like wreath making and um, we're probably going to add a few more uh, things possibly some you pick this summer. And so we're trying slowly to build that up. You know, the canopy tour really has consumed a lot of our, uh, personal bandwidth. And, uh, and so, um, you know, we've added that. And, and in addition to the canopy tour, I don't know that we've really talked about it much, but we have a team building program called Terra teams. Okay. And that is a whole, that's an, a whole nother course in the woods that has elements that um, allow uh, a challenge to be accomplished somehow. And so that program is really much more of one that we customize to groups uh, according to what their goals are. Yeah. And it can be, oh, we just want to go and have fun or we want to get to know each other better or we want to work as a team better. And our facilitators are basically guides. Um, develop kind of a program of challenges to meet those needs. Okay. Um, and so that's really something we're excited about um, this year because uh, we have this beautiful facility to use and uh, it's kind of neat to combine with the zipline tour. Sometimes uh, a team building event will do some elements on that challenge course and then do two zip lines to finish off or something like that. So that's, that's kind of fun, but I guess to, bring it all around what um, some of what our goals are is about making the farm a destination for yeah. all kinds of different activities, whether it's um, dinners, zip lining, team building, you know, a workshop. So we're, we're getting, you know, more and more um, activities outside of the zip line tour um, yeah. started. Very cool. And when did you guys start the, the team building? Well, we started building the course a couple years ago. Okay. And um and we had we've had some g- groups come through last year, um but we'd really like to ramp that up more this year and yeah. um because we were we're in a good position to do so. Okay. Know. Very cool. Yeah, and, and as far as the uh the dinners at the barn, I've seen like some of the pictures and stuff that you guys have taken from those. They look amazing. So um, yeah. Do you guys have, is that an, um, like a once a month? How yeah, often are those? We, we've been offering them, um, 
June through October once a month. Okay. Um, and that's, uh, and then we have a different winemaker for each month. And they've been, really, all of them have sold out. And we already have reservations for October, if you can believe it. Wow. Okay. Very cool. <laughs> but it is, uh, they are fun. And, um, and it's fun to see some of the Camino community there, people from, you know, further out, Seattle or Everett too. Um, but those, uh, those events are on the calendar. Very cool. And then um, the way those work, right, they're, they're, everyone's at one table, right? Well, we have now three tables of oh, 20. Okay. Yeah, because we're it. at, it's, uh, we do six, a seating of 60 people. Wow. Okay. And, and so um, we have long tables of 20 um, in the barn and that we also have a little area that's still open so that when people first arrive, they um, can stand and mingle a bit with their first taste of wine and hors d'oeuvres. Okay. Very cool. Um, all right. So uh, what do you kind of see as the future of Christofferson Farms as well as Canopy Tours? Well, you know, I, I guess it's going back to that farm as a destination, really. You know, I think that um, the Canopy Tour will just be one feature of a lot of activities going on at the farm. Yeah. Do you guys already have like more things that you guys are looking at for future? Um, you know, not exactly spe- anything I can speak to specifically. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that, you know, we certainly want to, uh, continue to develop our farm events. Yeah. And so I think that between our team building course and our zip lining and sort of farm events that by expanding kind of those and how they all fit together is a good long-term yeah. strategy for us. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. And uh, I forgot to mention, but like um, this year, the Camino Pumpkin Project seemed like it had a really good turnout. Yeah. And, um, yeah. That, and it, that is such a fun event. And, um, you know, we're just starting planning for this year's Camino Pumpkin Project. It's going to be the first weekend in October again. Very cool. And uh, that, you know, we love doing that kind of community event. And I'm, I'm hoping that we can do more in the future. Yeah. Very cool. Well, I like to end every podcast with some rapid fire questions. Okay. Um, <laughs> so the first one is, do you have a lesser known or favorite location on Camino Island that you like to hang out? Well, you know, I spend so much time at the farm, it's embarrassing, but um, I have been exploring the Barnum Point uh, Park uh, since it's kind of a new, uh, a new park for us on yeah. the island. And it's big, and um, so when I've been able to uh, take a little time, I've been doing some of the trails there. Yeah, and I guess um, there's apparently a washed-up sailboat down there as well, so if you go down to the beach. So I haven't been down there to check that out yet, but I've checked out some of the, like, smaller trails there. Mm -hmm. Haven't gone all the way down to the beach yet, so I plan on doing that this summer. you got to do it, yeah. Yeah. It's beautiful. All right. Pretend you have a friend coming from out of town to visit. Uh, what would their first day look like here? Ah, that's a good question. Um, so I think I would encourage them to go to like maybe Camino Commons for some good coffee and the Bake Cafe for breakfast. And then, you know, they have to zip line at some point. In the yeah. Day. No question. But, you know, I would head to Cama Beach and you know, check out the Center for Wooden Boats. I mean, I think that's so such a unique facility that we have mm-hmm. here on the island that's yeah. so special. 
And um, between the park, which is beautiful, and the access to the water with the Center for Wooden Boats, I think I would include that for sure. Yeah, very cool. Um, who is an interesting or fascinating person in this community that I should interview next? Well, I, I was thinking about that, and I think Carla Matsky would be a great person to interview. All right. Yeah, I've had her, um, some other people have mentioned her as well. And I have not gone down to, like, the sculpture park down there yet. Oh, it's so beautiful. Um, but, yeah, so I've heard neat. a lot of really cool things yeah. about it. So I want to check that out. There's a lot of things. <laughs> I started this podcast in uh, August of last year. And so as I've been getting more and more um, suggestions of places to check out, it started raining. And so <laughs> I was like, I'll wait till next summer. So this summer I need to go lots of trips around the island. Awesome. All right. Um, lastly, if you could have a message on a billboard on Camino right as you're driving up, uh, what would that say? Well, you know, I'd have to go with something really, you know, broad and, and positive, like, you know, peace, love, and joy, and wash your hands. <laughs> something like that. <laughs> All right. Very cool. Well, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today. Oh, thanks for having me, Brandon. It's fun to chat. Yeah. All right. And Islanders, I will talk to you on the next one. Well, a big thank you to Moda Campbell for joining us on the podcast today. And thank you for listening. If you haven't already, be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast on your favorite podcast platform. It helps us to be found by other Islanders like yourself. And for more information on anything talked about in this episode, go to kamenocommons.com slash EP38. That's kamenocommons.com slash EP38. Thanks for listening and see you next time.